0: what's up guys welcome to the real estate virgins podcast where we are here to amplify your business we're bringing in awesome guests people that are on the ground doing actual work making actual deals happen and we're just here to uh, take you to the next level um, because we're not just talkers we're
1: actually action takers and today we're here with jordan brown what's going on everybody super excited for our guest today this is a uh a- a big change for us because I feel like most of our guests, you know, up until this point have been very similar to us. You've heard a lot of recurring themes, uh, you know, provided like we've talked about the things that we do and a lot of these other agents you've been hearing from do this as well. You're going to hear from someone who is like the daily grinder, like getting it done. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear from him and and pick his, hear us pick his brain a little bit. So today we have Drum roll, please.
0: <laughs> Elliot Elias, Entrepreneur of the Year, Entrepreneur
1: of the Year, and Rookie of the Year. How you doing?
2: Good, brother. Thanks for having me.
1: He's like, I'm out of here. You, Yo. you botched my intro. <laughs> <laughs> Entrepreneur of the Year for, at our brokerage and Rookie of the Year. This guy's an absolute killer. Um, you know, I'm just really excited again to get to know your background, um, hear from you and your experiences because it, it's such a varying landscape of what you can do in real estate. There's no one size fits all solution for everybody and everyone kind of finds their own way through real estate. So we're excited to have you here. Thank
2: you guys for having me. This that's is the first time a discussion of mine gets recorded. So
1: let's go make sure I'm uh, on yeah. point this today. Is, this is history. Yeah. Let's go. I thought
0: you've been on other podcasts. Never. This is the first podcast. No. Yeah. Wow.
1: Look at that. That's pretty cool. Real estate virgins, baby. Making
0: moves. <laughs> I know. Yeah. A little nervous, but that's good. Nice. Nice. Well, Elliot's a killer, man. Uh, If we, if you ever walk into the office, you'll he's there. He's there making calls. You're still making calls, right? Absolutely, yeah. I just brought on a cold caller
2: today, actually. Um, Cold killer, really. He needs to be a killer. So, um, practiced. I almost perfected the art of cold calling, and you really got to do that to bring others on board. Uh, When you're scaling, you have to know how to leverage people. So, right now, I brought a cold caller. And we'll see how he does.
1: That's nice. awesome. Is that someone that's joining like you and your efforts? Like yeah. that's dope. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. dope. That's Me and him, two-headed snake, baby. That's yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah. And then it's just going to grow from there. But before you became a cold killer, who were you?
1: Yeah, to give us your background, like like who are you as a person, and we'll get into the real estate stuff. But like, tell us like you know where you grew up. Um, If you've been here in Austin like what brought or if you haven't been here in Austin what brought you here like who are you as a person? So I grew up kind of all over the world my dad was a engineer so
2: I by trade I'm an engineer right kind of had to be engineer it took me seven years to graduate college I think I flunked out of two colleges Um, I never really publicly spoke about that I was very embarrassed about it Um, so that kind of motivated me to say hey um, you know, Elliot, your parents came from this country to, for you to be an engineer and you failed, you got to do something else and you got to be great at it. So real estate for me is something that I truly want to be great in. Um, and that's why I'm doing it. Um, but I grew up in Houston. I lived there for eight years. Before that, I was in H-Town. Russia.
1: town
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> Russia and Kuwait. So, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I have a little bit of a background overseas.
1: And um, so... Tell us about that. What were, you, what, were your, like, what were your ages when you were in uh, Russia and Kuwait? So when I was in Russia, I was there till eighth grade and it was beautiful, right?
2: You know, when you're the new kid in school, it's beautiful because everyone wants to be your friend, right? I moved to Russia. It's the same thing. I was there in ninth grade. It's the first time I ever drank or anything like that. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who don't know, water is cheaper in Russia. Or vodka is cheaper than water in Russia.
1: That's crazy. So
2: everyone was drinking over there. And beer is not even considered alcohol. It's like a soda.
1: Wow. They got crazy. it in the uh, the apple juice boxes. So <laughs> Russia was very weird. It was a strange experience.
2: I came here to Houston, and um, I didn't fit in automatically, right? I was a little bit different. And How were you different? Uh, because, you know, I feel like moving here to America, um, a lot of... You guys, uh, really, it was me too, but um, grew up with the same people. Mm. So it's weird when you see someone new come in um, and you know those relationships are already cemented. So I kind of had to learn from scratch how to build relationships with people who are very used to being I- with each other, mm. which was actually a blessing because I learned how to. Kind of get into those circles, you know? Yeah. You know, I want to be friends with these, with this group, right? I walk into high school, all I see is these people look cool. I'm going to go hang out with them, that's right? True. So, I mean, I apply the same thing in my real estate every day.
0: Just building rapport with people
1: quickly, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. High school, man. All the clicks. Oh, my God. Dude, remember you crazy. had the cool kids' hey? you had the jocks, the nerds, the goths, the, all that. So, that's pretty cool that you were able to, like, so where were you, like, where were you born at? Los Angeles, really? Yeah. So, so you, man, you really like trekked all over. It was L.A. to to Russia. To, you've been all over the place. So that I bet that's been a very unique perspective shift for you, to where you've gotten to see through a lot of different points in your life, different lifestyles, um, different ways that people do business, how they conduct themselves. I bet that's been really beneficial for you.
2: It has, man. I mean, just having that worldly experience is so key. I may not have seen how people do business in other places, but I know people's mannerisms, and it typically bleeds into how you do business. Mm. There's no better place to do business than in the U.S. People are ethical, and they do things the right way for the most part. Uh, places like Lebanon, where I'm from, you know, it's a broken country, and it, be- it bleeds into how you do business. Mm. So,
1: Dang. Yeah, so I would say um, you've probably what would you say was like your favorite place when you were growing up? Like you've, you've experienced a few different you know cities and countries. Like, would you say like, let me, let me rephrase that. Would you say you're in a really good spot now in Austin, where you think that all those things, your life experiences are like culminating into this present right here and now is helping me.
2: Absolutely. I think
1: Austin is the best
2: place to be in the U S right now. And the amount of people these companies are bringing in from everywhere, India, China, Russia, Uh, You know, I can pretty much relate to wherever you're from. I can relate to you. And that's just a me thing. Uh, I probably wouldn't be able to thrive in a place where it's just people from that place. So this is a good Austin is small, but it's a melting pot for a lot of people coming in from everywhere. So I don't think there's a better place to be.
1: And that that kind of you know melting pot that you talked about is I think so crucial for a lot of people's personal development, their business development. Like you yeah. have to know that you're going to do business with more than just people who think like you, who look like you, who talk like you.
0: Especially uh, Jordan and I actually came from a small town in South Texas, and like the way they think is completely different. Than, oh yeah, than the people. Than how people think here, as well as different perspectives, uh, you know, working with different ethnicities and cultures, and it's just so, and, and like you said, it's a culmination of all that, and and it's uh, really cool to be a part of that.
1: Awesome was so refreshing for me. I know, like like you and I lived in San Antonio for a year. Granted, that time of our lives was a lot different, but man, you want to talk about like challenging your views or like. If you're in a in a small town, like if we would have stayed in Victoria, I wouldn't have known anything other than Victoria ever. Yeah. And your your thoughts and your opinions aren't challenged. They just get reinforced by the people who think the exact same way that you do. Yep. And you just think that you're right all the time. And moving to Austin really challenged me both like politically with um a lot of a lot of different stuff. So I'm really thankful, you know, to have experienced that change. And I'm sure for you just moving all over. Like you, you got a little bit of everything
2: experienced a lot. Yeah. It can be handicapping. Even if you're in a place like Austin, it could be handicapping. If you don't go out of your way to meet these people, if you hang out with the same two, three people from your hometown, but you're in Austin, it's the same thing. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, just because you're here doesn't mean you can take advantage of it. Put yourself out there. It's how I met you guys. You know what I mean? You guys are crushing it. You do things that are a little bit different than me. But I'm glad I have this relationship with you guys.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Networking is where it's at. Like yeah. we're so big on networking, and if you're again, you got your same circle forever. That's it's not going to help you build your network. And you know, John John has said a quote. I, I can't remember who you got it from, so I'm not going to act like me or or John are going to take credit for this. But your network is your net worth, for sure. You know, so like being able to, and that that goes into all sorts of things. When you're getting clients, you got to have a big network. When you're helping them when they need something Or have access to a big network. Yes, like if, if someone reaches out and they're like, Hey, like, do you know someone who can help me with this? Yes, I can make I'm the I'm the problem solver for you. And that just reinforces that you're the expert. Yeah.
0: Well, Elliot, he's super creative when it comes to purchasing properties. You purchased how many houses? Sixteen so far. Sixteen houses Woo! last year?
2: Uh yeah, in that's eight a, months, yes.
0: Eight months. That's insane. And what's your that's goal? wild. What's your
2: gold issue? uh 10k in cash flow
0: got you 10k in cash flow got you Uh, um so one cool thing is i'm sort of switching uh gears a little bit you'll find that i do that a lot um when i walk into a room and elliot is cold calling sometimes i'll hear these ladies like just like bitching out at him or like complaining or saying like hey uh you know this is just a waste of my time and it's so funny watching Elliot like react cuz he's like okay great but what what's the lowest you'll take you know <laughs> okay great he'll just like constantly uh you know what's it called uh, deflect always be closing yeah deflect objections uh, at least of what i've seen how do you how do you handle so much rejection well i mean it's not
2: something i was good at initially oh really right um real estate really made me comfortable with it. And to me, they're not objections anymore. They're just another reason that I can hit that's a pain point. So, hey, I don't want to sell because uh, I don't want to sell this low. You know, I got 30K I need to pay for this next house. Great. You need 30K. Let's structure the deal in a way to where you do make 30K. And if you have a loan, we don't have to pay it off. You know, I don't want to get too into detail, but I really need to see what the situation looks like to help these people I'm not help, I'm not here to try to get as low as possible. I'm here to help people as much as yeah. possible.
0: So, and that's really cool cuz you're like creative and a lot of agents that are listening to this podcast, they're thinking so three-dimensional buy, sell, lease, right? And and you coming on this podcast, you see things completely different than what most people do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I get if I don't get, excuse my French, chat on uh, like at least five times a day. It's a weird day.
0: Really? Yeah, absolutely.
2: Like, yeah.
1: I,
0: like I have to
2: now. Like, if I'm not doing something real estate related, I gotta get shot on something else.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> He's a glutton. He's a glutton for pain. <laughs> I mean, it builds you. Like,
2: I like do things that are uncomfortable until it makes you comfortable, mm-hmm. and then I
1: chase the next thing. Nice. Yeah. You're who, like a masochist. Who do you, Who do you look up to?
0: Like, people like that. Do you know? Do you?
1: Yeah. Is there anyone that like you? or that you're trying to like mold what you do after? Anyone that inspired you to do what you're doing?
0: I take a
2: little bit from everyone. I think everyone has things they're really good at. Um I don't I can't think of anyone that I want to be completely. I do want to be myself at the end of the day, but someone I really look up to and I've recently connected with is Ari Rostegar. Mm. He's a developer here in Austin and, you know, we keep our conversations private, but One conversation I had was me going through this journey of real estate is uh, when you when you do it, you lose a lot of people in your life and you get a lot of objections that way. Those are different objections. Right. So he just he has a mindset where it's like so resilient and so strong, like you lose people in your life. Why? And move on. You know what I mean? Like, hey, this is the new Elliot. I'd love to introduce you to this Elliot. If not we can talk about the old times maybe later but you know we, if we don't have anything to connect with right now then i wish you the best of luck
1: yeah so i mean it's all business people are either with you or you know we can talk about that later i'm I a hate,
0: mindset guy so he's a big mindset guy yeah
1: i hate time wasters
0: in meetings that have no substance
1: yeah <laughs> yeah you can tell like when you're at a, an appointment and they like keep wanting to talk about like i had this one listing and i swear i was there for like an hour and a half and the whole like presentation had been over for maybe, you know, it only took up about thirty minutes. So that last hour was just like them telling me about like they used to rodeo in, in this place and this and that. And you're like, All right, cool. Like, great. When can <laughs> I get the photographers out here? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So we're all about
0: giving value to agents and, and and investors and entrepreneurs. So when it comes to making deals happen, uh, do you mind sharing a little bit about how you make deals happen. Do you find how do you find leads? You're cold calling, and uh, some you know we already talked about your goals. But
1: walk like a typical day. Like what does a day in your shoes look like?
2: A day in my shoes is I wake up at 5 a.m. I run two miles just to wake up. Uh, I go home, clear my emails, take a cold shower first. I try to get my mind right before I do anything because from 7 a.m. to basically. 5 p.m., I'm lighting fires. In y'all's case, you're dealing with floods, but um, I'm lighting. (laughs) We'll get into that. We'll get into that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm unlighting fires all day, every day. Uh, There's a lot of moving parts, and ultimately, I get the call. So, whether we're dumping things that need to be dumped at the house, or someone doesn't show up at a job site and we have an inspection that day, I'm getting those calls. So, While I'm getting those calls, I try to lead gen as much as possible. And the way I do that is I call people who need to sell, not who want to sell. So what does that mean? It means calling probates. So if you don't know what a probate is, a probate is someone who's died and they have real estate attached to the house. So typically, those people need to sell. The kids don't want to partner on the deal and rent it out or flip it, right? So I come in, I say, hey, I'll buy the deal from you. A foreclosure, I'm sure everyone knows what a foreclosure is. Or just anyone in distress, really. So that's what I target. That's how I can buy cheap property. I need to find distress. Distress doesn't always mean it's uh, distressed physically. There's situations
1: that are distressed. So, One thing that I took away from that that is a recurring theme is no matter what your approach is, lead gen is still important. No matter what aspect of real estate you're focusing on, whatever you've got going on, you still have to lead gen. I got the same thing exactly like whether you're cold calling whether you've got six deals going on right now you got you know floods happening you got people not showing up to the job site doesn't matter you are still responsible for lead gen because what you do now is what you're going to have on your plate in the next two to three months yeah
2: always 24 7 even if it sucks you have to do it like I probably don't enjoy calling eight hours a day anymore but if my cold caller were to say hey you know if he were to quit tomorrow i'm gonna sit on that phone and call for eight hours a day right you can never get too good to do the grunt work you know uh you gotta get dirty to look good so i think cold calling is like one of the best ways to get dirty you know you could go and pay for leads and stuff like that and uh, and cheat but guess what you're gonna get a lead you're not going to know how to convert him because you've never had tough conversations. And to our other point, you've never had people shit on you all day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ricky Carruth is a a YouTube... or I found him on YouTube. I'm sure he's not just there, but he's a a real estate agent and broker, I believe, who he like coaches people on like how to get confident with cold calling. Do you have a ritual that you do before each call? Like I I know with Ricky, I watched him do a two hour session the other day. And before every call, it doesn't matter if it's the first one or if it's the hundredth one, he's sitting there and he like like pumps himself up and he like (laughs) slaps himself in the face and he's like, let's go. Like he just gets hyped for every call and that's how he like deals with I guess the, the rejection aspect, the, um, the the mundane nature of the dialer and things like that. Do you do
0: anything like Elliot, that? Elliot, uh, he does a cold shower
1: before every call. Just <laughs> That's a lot of showers. <laughs> he just has this little core they press <laughs> just cold shower.
2: What's that machine called in the science lab?
1: Yeah, the, the emergency wash. Oh, uh,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's hilarious. No, I, I
2: don't pump myself up anymore. I, I'm more into the constant. Quality of things okay. more than hyping myself up before every call. If I do that, I would just burn out very quickly. Yeah. So I feel
1: like
0: it's more routine for you now. Absolutely.
1: You don't have
0: to hype
1: yourself up. You know. Well, yeah. I guess the the other aspect to this is like I know like cold calling isn't per se for me. Like I was talking with Elliot that I did it for five years at AT and T. Every Tuesday we did the business blitz, and it was just two hours of just constant calling and like cold calling where these people have no idea why I'm calling. It's kind of the same situation except instead of trying to like fix a solution, it was strictly I'm trying to sell you something. And so that sucked. Yeah. And How are you
2: motivating yourself?
1: I didn't want to get written up. It was either you did it. And in another part was I had to, if I did it, it showed that I was like the, I was a dependable employee. And so like no one wanted to do it. So they would take volunteers and it was, Hey, it will get me out of the office for, for two hours. I get my lunch bought. And I look good to my superiors. And now, again, we talked about this. If you're cold calling as a real estate agent, you're doing it for you. You know, you're doing it for you and for these clients on the other end of the phone. You kind of almost have to change your mindset to where in my situation, I looked at it as I'm bothering people. And I'm I'm interrupting their day uh, to sell them something that if they wanted they would have reached out to me. Gotcha. Versus Elliot is I'm your solution provider. Yeah. So what what pain points do you have with your real estate, and how can I help? I actually want to
0: get into that. Is like what does that conversation look like? And if you don't mind, like actually going through that conversation uh, when it when you get on the call with someone you don't know but you know that they probably need to sell their house. You
2: want to do a role play? Mm-hmm.
0: Let's do it. Okay. What's
2: So let's say you're a foreclosure.
0: Okay. Foreclosure. And do you? Know, how much information do you know about me? There's
2: I just know that I pulled your record from the county, and okay. I know that you're foreclosing.
0: Okay. Cool. You ring. Ring, ring, ring. 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 <laughs> Hello? Hey, is this John? Uh, yeah, this is John.
2: John, the reason for this call, and look, um. I'm typically pretty straightforward with my approach. Okay. I don't want to waste your time. I know you get a lot of calls like this, John, but the reason I'm calling is because I pull a list of foreclosures every month and I notice your property on the foreclosure list. Let me just ask you first of all, do you have a solution
0: for it? Um, not really. I'm I'm just trying to, you know, trying to figure out how I can keep the house. John, what would be your ideal solution? Well, either sell the house. For what I want, or keep it and just uh, just live in it. Look, I'd love to help you out, and I'm an investor,
2: okay. So I got to make money off the property. I'm not here to buy retail. I just want plan to plant a seed it in your head right now, okay. And I may not be the best buyer for you, uh, but tell me a little bit about the condition. Does it need any work?
0: Yeah, it needs it needs some work. You know, uh, floors, uh, roof is a little old. And I haven't mowed the lawn in a while.
2: No problem. We buy as is. So, look, I'd love to meet you in person before I throw out any numbers. And uh, I see your property foreclosing in two weeks. It is a little bit slim, but uh, I can help you. And I'll take you out of this solution if you'll let me help you.
0: Uh, how would you save save me, though, if I'm... Have my Apparently, it's supposed to foreclose in two weeks.
2: So, basically, you're foreclosing because you owe money to the bank. Gotcha. Let's just be straight up. You owe money to the bank. Okay. And it sucks. I mean, unfortunately you probably don't have any family that can pay that off. So I'll come in and I'll pay off that reinstatement, Mm -hmm. which is the amount that is going to bring your loan current. So typically I don't pay cash for your property. I would just pay off the reinstatement and then I would keep you up to date on your payments so that you don't have to foreclose. Look, I'll present all options to you. If I'm not the best option, I'm going to tell you.
0: Okay, cool. Boom. Love that. Uh, I love few, that. It was A few things that I got from it was uh, that, one, he wanted to try to provide a solution for me. And then, two, he tried to set that appointment as soon as possible. Did yeah. you hear that?
1: The urgency, the sense of urgency. You're closing in two weeks. I might be able to help you if we act quickly. There it is. Like Yeah. It and can't
2: sound salesy at all. Like it like and from my perspective I'm calling a lot of these. Yeah. So look, if this guy doesn't want my help, I'm not gonna waste my time
1: trying yeah. to help. On you. to the next one. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that whenever so you're calling probate and foreclosures, are those typically like your bread and butter? Like those are the lists that you're calling daily? Yeah, my
2: my bread and butter is driving for dollars and just driving around and looking at the most banged up house I can find and just knocking on their door. And, you know, just be like, hey, would you consider selling? They'd be like, why do you ask? In my head, I'm like, dude, you've got like...
1: Because your house looks like shit.
2: Literally, <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like shit, right? So, you know, th- those are typically the best deals for me. But-
0: and a lot of times if they own the property... Sorry to interrupt. I'm, I'm bad at that. Uh, a lot of times if they own the property, and it needs a lot of work. And you're like, dude, I can get you some money, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that money is more than what they probably are used to.
1: Yeah. One thing I took away on my previous team, um, the team lead had a listing and it was a potential foreclosure property. And even though like she wasn't an investor, so like her approach was not to either buy it or flip it or whatever, even though that could totally be an option. She a lot of people who are heading to foreclosure may not even know that they can just sell the thing. So if you're not getting it as an investor, you're still a real estate agent you can still list that property. Yeah. So there's so many options where it's like hey like if you're dealing with someone who is not necessarily combative but if they know like you know hey like I know I'm in foreclosure but like I know what the house is worth like I'm not trying to let go for for super discounts or whatever it's like okay cool like have you ever thought about listing the property?
2: And that's and, a solution I bring as well. I mean, you know that's why I have my license is so that I can provide that solution.
0: Yeah. And and if you're not able to provide that solution, you're leaving money on the table. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Being
2: licensed, I don't care what people say. I don't care if they say it's a liability. If you want to be an investor, I think you should get licensed. Why? Because you have first of all, you have access to the MLS. Okay. Right? I don't have to hit up my realtor mm-hmm. 3 4 times a day for access. I can make I make 100 offers a week, okay? Find one realtor that will make 100 offers a week for me. Nope
1: not going to happen. It's not going to
2: happen, <laughs> right? So I can leverage my license to its fullest capabilities, and I'll make it back in one deal. All the yearly fees and all that stuff, I'll make it back in one deal. So, you know, realtors are held to a higher standard, right? Yeah. Everyone should be ethical anyways mm-hmm. when, they're doing, when they're buying real estate.
1: What were you doing before real estate? I'm curious, like, what your first job was and then, like, what the transition was from whatever you were doing to real estate is what I'm interested in right now.
2: So it wasn't my first job, but what I was doing before was civil engineering. And it's, you know, it's what I went to school for. It's what everyone in my family does. It's all I knew, right? So I worked a civil engineering job for about a year. Actually, my one-year anniversary for quitting is going to be April 15th.
1: That's awesome. Right? Congratulations. Wow.
2: Thank you. I quit that day. It was the scariest day of my life. Looking back now, I'm like, God, dude, that's the best thing I ever did, right? I didn't have a plan. I didn't save up money. I just quit my job, and if I can't bet on myself, I cannot bet on anyone. So, you know, that job was terrible, not because of the company, not because of anything else other than uh, me not being able to orchestrate my day and orchestrate my success drains me. So even if I'm failing and I have my destiny in my hands, meaning, you know, and a lot of realtors, they get their license. No one holds their hand. People hate it. I love that, right? Um, me not being able to control my destiny drained me, mm. and mentally, I was not there. You know, uh, you fall into depression, things like that. I'd rather be broke and doing not what I love, but having my destiny in my own hands. Yeah. So I think real estate's the best.
1: I love that. I agree. It's it's same kind of similar situation. My my one year anniversary was November. For leaving ATT and like you said, scariest day Last was November. Yeah, is no way. Yeah, so me sitting there going, I have this cushy like corporate ladder job that I fucking hate, <laughs> and it's like I would rather do the risky business of real estate, of of not trading the security for like this mental awakening where it's like I can I control how hard I want to work today. I control what kind of like production that I'm having, because if you don't have business, you pick up the phone. You may have just made a whole year salary from one week of calling or one day of calling. Like, and and that possibility is exciting. So, not you know, Do, do you think that quitting on a whim helped you push you
0: and put your back against the wall so that you could actually be successful? Absolutely,
2: I. I told everyone I quit, everyone in my family. Everyone said, Elliot, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, you went to school for seven years, and you didn't even finish this job for a year, and you quit your job, your quitter. I said no. Like, I'm meant for something a lot greater, right? So um, me not making income at all and not saving any money uh, really did put a bullet on my back. Wow.
1: That's Absolutely, that that'll light a fire under you. Yep. Um, I'm interested. So, when you started, like, did, when you got your real estate license, did you instantly just like gravitate to cold calling?
2: No, man. I was uh, really. I wanted. I was doing everything. I was trying to be a realtor. I was trying to be a wholesaler. I was trying to do everything. And it's super confusing when you first get into real estate, especially as a licensed agent. Right? Someone new comes to the brokerage everyone tells you how you should conduct business. And I was very confused, honestly. I was very confused and I'm glad I was. I'm glad I didn't go through a, let's say, training program with Keller Williams or something like that because guess what? It would have trained me to be a licensed realtor, um, When which is fine and people fucking kill it as a licensed realtor. But me personally, I wanted to invest in real estate and I didn't know that when I got my license. Mm-hmm. But now I found that, me investing in real estate is really what I want to do. So, yeah, talk, it is, it's confusing.
1: We talk all the time about, you know, these big, bro- big box brokerages. They do what's safe. They make the money when they get to put their logo on you as a buy and sell agent. And that's why they promote it so much. That's why it's their bread and butter, because that's what they make the money off of you for. Versus with being an investor for yourself, you're making your own future for you. You yep. know, you're you're taking the destiny, like you said, into your own hands and and carving out your own path. And they don't make nearly as much money off of you when you do it that way. So I was talking to an agent uh,
0: earlier this week, and he was saying, "Man, you know, there's some agents that just get it right. Like they start and they just get it. And and you, I feel like you really you." Uh, the the phrase is, uh burn the boats right and you just like you know what I'm not I'm I don't want to have the option of sailing away I want to make sure that I, I put my back against the wall to make it but what would you tell those agents that actually do need a little more guidance you know because I feel like you you had like no option you know and, and as well as you didn't feel comfortable with someone else having control over your day
2: right. I would tell that agent to, and I'm someone who I'm not going to motivate you to do something. I'm going to break it down and see what the actual issue is. Why are you not succeeding? Why are you not having the level of success you are? Mm -hmm. How many of these agents are waking up and they don't even have a calendar? Yeah. How many are waking up and they haven't even set an appointment that week? Like anyone from, I can pick up someone from the street and they can schedule their week for two weeks in real estate just have coffee with people, call realtors, call anyone. You know what I mean? If you're not finding success is because you are not thinking about how you, you can be successful, right? You're just Mm -hmm. thinking, okay, I want to be an agent who makes a million dollars a year, but you know, an agent who makes a million dollars a year is probably networking their ass off. And every single realtor in Austin knows them, Mm -hmm. right? Like for you, how, like, what does your schedule look like, for example, as like a top producer?
0: Um, usually, I wake up around five thirty. Uh, I try to work out. Um, I do a little meditation.
2: Take notes, everyone.
0: <laughs> I do a little meditation, um, and then one of the first things I do, I read ten pages of a book every morning. Um, actually, for last couple of weeks, I've a couple of days I haven't been able to do that, but I try to ten days, ten pages a day, and then um, and then I'll get into my day, write my goals down. And I will uh, just get it started, so look up my appointments, like you said, having a calendar is so important, and so uh, for me, we actually use Sunday evenings to plan out our entire week and then uh, and then we have a lot of key things that we do almost every week, so like uh, video walkthroughs, like um, certain meetings and stuff like that, like this podcast, you know it's always on our calendar for
1: Fridays, you know. Um, yeah, if it's not on my calendar, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah, and I noticed that you you had mentioned, um, and both of you guys kind of have like a recurring theme where your morning is like, I'm going to do the thing I don't want to do, which is workout and the cold shower. I took away that from the cold shower because if you can force yourself to do that, you've already done something that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the you know I I'd, I'd hear it's from like Rogan, control. Goggins, yeah. like bunch of those guys, Huberman, like they all talk about. If you can wake up and do something that you don't want to do, you'll put yourself in the better mindset to take on whatever that task is that you know you got to do that day. And it's sort of connected
0: to building confidence because if you can't keep the promises that you make to yourself, then what is that telling your subconscious, right? Your subconscious is just telling you, you can't even do what you told yourself you were going to do, right? You're losing confidence by the minute. Exactly. Every
2: time. And that's why people... Do not set any expectations for themselves Mm. because no one because they're gonna let themselves down. Yep, it's tough. Yeah, dude. If I'm you know I used to be I used to tell everyone what I was gonna do so I can be held accountable, Uh, but now I just tell myself and it's and it holds even more of a weight than telling someone else. I could care less if someone knew that I didn't fulfill this, but if I tell myself, Elliot, you didn't run two miles because you slept too late or you wanted a snooze. You know, I'm gonna think about that in the middle of the day instead of being like, "Damn, Elliot, you're a badass. You woke up still, uh, keep making these calls." You know what uh, I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, how long when you started doing real estate did it take for you to to get your first sale? And like, where what was the source that it came from? Kind of give us the details of of your first transaction.
2: My first paycheck was a wholesale. It was for five k. I basically my strategy going into real estate was calling realtors. Okay, realtors hold the keys to a lot of business, a lot of business that they don't want as well. So I was calling realtors who had listings who were probably on the market for way too long or distressed listings. Right. And mind you, I got in at a great time in real estate, multiple offers. I couldn't even get a realtor on the phone at that time. And it was terrible. I was like, how does anyone do business like this? Like people don't even answer my emails. Now it's a lot different. Right.
1: Right. Everyone returns your calls. Everyone (laughs) writes those emails. Follow-ups, everything. Everyone is now on point where they weren't for the last two and a half years.
2: (laughs) And I'm glad I got in at that point because I got to see how crazy the market was. I got to see basically what re- what a market can be
0: yeah. right so did you shift at all when the market shifted oh my god man i went crazy when the market shifted yeah this is my market i love it this is my market this is your market actually it really is
1: yeah we talk know. about like a few episodes ago we said if you're an investor right now is the time to be doubling down on your efforts yep because
0: you can't get top dollar anymore you know so it's like hey Investors are out there providing solutions for sellers that need to sell their house.
1: Yeah. One thing I love about TRE specifically is like in our TRE chat on, on Facebook or our group on Facebook, I love whenever I see other people saying, hey, I've got this deal over here in this city and it, I know it's listed for this. I just talked to whoever and they said they take substantially less. And I'm like, dude, people are out here grinding. This is the entrepreneur's market right now.
2: For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. If if you want to get into real estate at all, I think this is the best time, whether you're a realtor or you're an investor, not because you can buy property cheap, but because this will teach you the toughest lessons. If you want to be a wholesaler and you put a property under contract, it was easy to sell it before. Now you got to put in the work like the, the week will fail. But if you. Put in the work and you're consistent, right? The turtle always wins. If you're consistent in this market, you will win. A lot mm. I think there was a stat, like how many realtors dropped off in Austin? I think it was like thirty percent or something.
1: A lot. A lot of people didn't pay their dues. And it's it. It's not shocking. There, it's not easy to be a realtor anymore. There, There's uh, not just your listing selling over the weekend no. for Buku's amount of money. It's like you got to work to sell a house now.
0: And for agents that don't know what dues are, we have association dues that we have to pay. What quarterly? Yeah, every quarter. I think it's due actually today, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. It sure is. <laughs> yeah, they raised it. They oh, raised they did it by twenty bucks. No, and they they barely even fight for us. I'm not gonna lie. I Never mind. I didn't say that.
1: We're going to get shut down. I Thanks, know, right? John. <laughs> Thanks, John. I know. I know. Um, okay.
0: So I, I'm going to steal one of Jordan's questions. But uh, if you were to start over, right, with all the knowledge that you know now, um, what would you have changed when you first started in real estate?
1: Like if you could go back in time and you met Elliot from when you first got your license, what would you tell him? Give me like your biggest takeaway that you've gotten.
2: Nothing. If I were to start again, I would do everything the same. Okay every single lesson that I learned has brought me to a point where I am today. Mm. I could go back and say, look, damn, Elliot, uh, if you started a year ago and you had this clear vision a year ago, you would have went crazy. Um, That Elliot probably would be at a hundred properties right now, but that Elliot would not know how anything else works. Right? So I knew how the realtor game works. I knew how the wholesaler game works. I knew I educated myself on everything. So now instead of just being a one tracked investor, I've done everything. I've failed in everything. And nothing will ever teach you more than failing. Yeah, there's so much value in failure. Absolutely.
1: Clip it. There (laughs) There it is. That is the the (laughs) biggest takeaway right there. If you learned if you tuned out and you heard nothing else, you will learn the most from your failures. And real estate is the truest example of that. We had a recent failure. We sure did. Let's tell them about it. We (laughs) just came from literally, literally just now, just got here to record this podcast coming from a property that we were supposed to close on right now. We were supposed to be closing on this property, and uh, the buyers go for their final walkthrough, and the entire house is flooded. Love that for us. Yeah. So now we're. Entire house. And so. You want to be an investor? You think everything's cushy? It's not. Shit goes wrong and you got to figure out solutions. And, you know, that's what we're doing right now is, is now we're tra- having to shift between, uh, you know, our, our maturity date for our loan is today. The uh, insurance Damn, ends how are you today. Going around that? We're going to figure it out. Well, we got, we, we got, we've already made the, we were on the phone. Yeah, we were on, like phone. on the way over here. We, we got to figure it out. But it just, things are going to happen. Shit happens. Mm. Like in any job. Things do not go how, it, how you want it to 100% of the time. And real estate is interesting because, of course, you know, Elliot says, of course it's going to happen on the day you're closing. Of course it's going to be a big thing where you got to get insurance involved and it's going to push things out two to four weeks.
2: But how beautiful is that? Like you just handled the situation and now you're in a podcast. Anyone else who probably don't have the mental calluses you have, which real estate brought you, would have sh- would have shriveled.
1: Exactly. And now it's not even in, in, in addition to that, you now know like for next time, like if something happens, Hey, I've been in this situation before. Let's not panic. So let it me ask you, out.
2: what would you have changed uh, in this situation? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm going to take the Elliot answer. I wouldn't have changed a thing. See? Oh, God. The biggest
2: failure, he wouldn't have changed a thing. I would have
1: checked up (laughs) on the property a little more. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have let it go seven days without looking at it. No, Here's a change.
2: So (laughs) write down all the names of your
0: enemies
1: at all times. (laughs) Write down the names of your enemies? Know who could have possibly sabotaged your transaction. Yeah, we
0: actually, on the conversation here, we were like, okay, who could have sabotaged that house? Yeah. We have a couple names. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're
1: coming for you. <laughs> nah.
0: Um, okay. Cool. So, what do we talk about
1: next? <laughs> I, I, do you have any any of your like craziest stories of like people freaking out on the phone with you, or like maybe a client interaction that any other normal any person or maybe when you first started you would have been like, yeah, this isn't my thing. Like, has anyone absolutely just lost it on you?
2: Man, Jordan, I put myself in life-threatening situations to get deals done. No way. Yeah, no joke. I, I will. I won't do anything, but I'll do everything to get a deal done. And it's because others won't. So, I mean, dude, I've been chased by pit bulls. I've been. Uh, now I start carrying. I start strapping. Uh, Because of the nature of
0: my business, you're you're in you do a lot of deals in Killeen too, right? Killeen, Texas, baby. Stay
1: strapped, baby.
0: One of the safest cities in Texas. The oasis. (laughs) The
1: oasis. Our our lawyers are gonna tell you, (laughs) make us tell you that. Don't listen to John on that statement. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was sarcasm, by the way.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Killeen, Texas. If y'all don't know, it's a it's has the one of the largest military bases on Earth, and what drives the market over there is va buyers Mm -hmm. but everyone else is basically a low-income worker so what does that mean it breeds a lot of c slash d class neighborhoods a lot of poverty a lot of just like and i I don't want to spend too much time up there because a frog in boiling water will just stay until it dies Mm -hmm. so i want to make sure i stay in austin you know stay sane but provide a good product for these people in Colleen. You know, a lot of investors just paint and then put carpet, and the bath stubs, the bathtub still has shit in it, mm. right? I try to do something uh, a little bit more nice for the people up there and charge the same prices.
0: When it comes to rent, or when it comes to when stubs? it comes
2: to renting, you know, I, I yeah, I'm yeah. a my main goal is to hold as much real estate as possible. Gotcha. So naturally, I'm gonna rent everything out. I don't like Colleen. I just went through my first eviction last week. Mm, how was that? Oh, uh, you know, I put eighty k into the property, and I finished it about four months ago. I just evicted them. I got to put another thirty k into it, mm. so that deal's underwater already. But guess what? Would not have done anything differently. Yeah. Uh, now I know not to hold these and put as much money in these rentals up yeah. in lower class
0: neighborhoods. Gotcha. Is that is is that a deal with Noah or no? No. No. Okay. I got you. That's my deal. Nice. Yeah.
1: All these are such like good, valuable, like tips for investors. Like, and you, you listening right now, you may not even consider yourself as an investor. I guarantee at some point you're going to sit there and go, well, what if I bought my own property?
0: Or there's going to be an opportunity that you have that you should absolutely take advantage of. And the thing is, is like, yeah. This podcast, we're being super transparent because like people look at us and like, oh, it must be nice. Or like, wow, he's always doing this or he's always doing that. When in reality, like we're going through the fire, actually going through difficult situations. And in my opinion, like the biggest uh, solution makers are the ones that are going to succeed the most, you know? Absolutely.
2: So, yeah. I'm not a real estate investor. I'm a professional opportunist yeah. and a professional sol- problem solver. So what we learn here in this industry can be applied to anything.
0: Yeah.
2: We could do anything. I mean, man, if I ever get married and my wife has objections, <laughs> I'm going to get to the core <laughs> of the objection. Right. Yeah. I'm not just going to be someone who's going to be like, just, you know,
1: yeah,
2: you don't love me anymore. <laughs> I'll leave. Like, why did you leave? Tell
1: me why you don't love
2: me anymore. (laughs) No, man, it's so beautiful. And, you know, real estate teaches you so much about just life, period. So, you know, even if you don't love real estate, I think everyone should get into it uh, just because it teaches you really tough lessons.
1: Yeah. And I love that there's also a lot of opportunities where, you know, we've talked about everyone having a different avenue. And I think that the realtor with options, like if, if, you, if your bread and butter is buying and selling, which I would say is, is kind of like my, like that's more what I focus on is buy, sell, and I dabble a little bit in investing. So if you're someone like me and you're at a listing appointment and you come across this opportunity that's just like a golden investment opportunity, you need to be well-equipped enough to be able to have that conversation and possibly convert that into a property of your own Versus just listing, right? John and I have talked about, you know, you could wholesale a property if it's the best solution for them. You could flip it if it's the best solution for them. You could list it if it's the best for them. But knowing what those options are and being creative with those, those solutions for, the, for your clients' problems opens up a world of opportunities that you may not have known existed.
0: 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Man, I had a question I completely forgot. Sorry,
1: I was rambling. I know. You're I like that,
0: though. That was sick. Sick. Oh, all three of us are in this this group, a part of our brokerage called the Elite Entrepreneurs. Uh, unfortunately, we missed you at the meeting. My bad. But uh, one of the things that you brought up, which is really cool, is that you're wanting to do a charity. Are we allowed to talk about that or Sure. Yeah. He's um,
2: like,
1: Well, you outed it already, so I know. Yeah, I
2: know. Now now I gotta do it. Yeah. But like I said, there's no bigger bullet I put than on myself. So Yeah, yeah.
0: So um so you you have a big goal about starting a charity. Um and why is that? It's
2: so to be more specific about this charity, it's more so for the mentally handicapped community. And me naturally as a person, um I don't have too much sympathy for those who, are, who bleed the same blood as me and who are born with all the same capabilities as me. Uh, what I do have sympathy for...
0: And still make excuses.
2: Absolutely. And, but what I do have sympathy for are those who are born uh, without the mental capabilities that we have. So I really want to cater to them. I haven't figured it out quite yet. I know they're not self-sufficient. So they're always needing someone to hold their hand in something, right? So, I mean, it's just one of those things I think about. And, you know, I don't get too emotional, but
0: I do get emotional
2: about that for some reason. It's okay
0: to get emotional, man. I mean, the thing is, is like sometimes we've got to anchor ourselves in something bigger than what we are in order to even have that vision of... A higher level
1: yeah and i love that you have like a an idea for like some people don't even get to the idea part part of giving back and i know like with impact property group what's big rooted in john which attracted me to impact property group was the give back portion and real estate is the vessel the vehicle Mm -hmm. that makes it happen yeah so i just i love that that's that's on your mind that's a a, you know probably a, a vision board goal of yours which is great um I think that's incredible.
2: Especially up in Killeen, Texas. You know, I saw a need. There's not much funding up there. So really, I want to be a resource for all these people to come to and provide something, you know. Like, every time, you know, kudos to everyone helping them right now, but I want a better solution, and I'm going to find it. I don't know what it is, but, you know, I'm going to find it. I always do. When you go into these schools with, like, you know, the special ed kids, um, classrooms and stuff like that. I feel like not much goes on. I, I don't know, man. It, it's you can tell I'm still in the thinking phase about it. But
0: yeah, do you have some? If you don't mind me asking, this might be a little personal. But do you have somebody close to you that might? No, no? I don't. Go I ahead.
2: do not, and you know, no.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah.
2: So you know. I, I could leverage the fact that I'm in real estate to to get them to be inspired. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm I'm sure something inspires them. And uh, like you guys said, you got to do something bigger than what you are doing. Right. Bigger than yourself. So uh, if you really want to make an impact in this world, make it on others, not just yourself. hundred percent.
1: I think I think one thing that makes a lot of people great is the fact that, you know, greatness is more than just success. And success is defined as many things, but I think most people think monetarily. And if you've got all this money or this time, the freedom, whatever it is that you know, real estate gets you, and that's all good things for you and you don't pass it on to something or you don't use that freedom, whether it's financial, time, all the above, for something other than yourself, it's a waste.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think we're just like a small speck of sand In this entire universe And if we're not like trying to at least Leave a legacy And, and pass on Like the ideas and the charities And, the, and the, the positive things That we can be a part of Then we're literally wasting Our, our, our time on this earth you know? Legacy,
2: you nailed it Legacy Like how many selfish investors are there Who are just sharks And they don't do anything for anyone else yep. You know, I I want real estate to be a great moneymaker, but I want to do it to be able to put myself as an, in a position to where I can one day build churches. Yep. I can one day build a school for just these mentally handicapped people to actually provide like a beautiful use in society. Yeah. And, you know, it's always going to change and always be able to take care of my family and myself uh, but you know taking care of others is is very beautiful as well, right. but you also got to be really selfish to do that
1: <laughs> you gotta be selfish to get to the point where you can then spread the spread the resources or whatever yeah i yeah. mean
0: like for me um you know i ha- sometimes i have i have not sometimes a lot of times I have to be selfish with my time yeah. and take away time that I could be spending with my wife or my kid so that there is a bigger uh, a bigger thing so that when I do have time with my kid and my wife, um, it's more valuable, you know, and not only that, but leaving that legacy for them when I'm not here. So, yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and finish it up. Um, usually at the end of the podcast, we try to do a tip of the week. And so we want to get you involved on this, if, if that's okay. Sure. Do you have any tips for... Newer agents that are getting into their career and um, that that just really want to find their lane and where they want to go in real estate. I I know that you started off way different than a lot of agents, but do you have any tips or guidance for new agents? First of all, be the turtle, not the hare.
2: Second of all, say yes until you get to a point where you have to say no. Mm. Say yes as much as you can until you have to start saying no.
1: Man, (laughs) mic drop. (laughs) Exactly. And that was going to be kind of kind of mine, too, is do something this week that makes you uncomfortable. Something do something this week that you don't normally do from from a prospecting perspective. If you talk to your sphere, that's great. If you do, you know, an event, that's great. But for me, for example, I'm kind of inspired to do a cold call. I want to see just what would happen. Right. So push your boundaries. Get outside of your own mind. And, and especially a cold calling, the worst thing that people can do is say no. That's it, man. They ain't going to hunt you down. They're not going to... Over a phone call? Come on. like yeah. You got to get out of your own head about what you think is going to happen as a result from that call. And my tip of the
0: week is uh, just the importance of leverage. And sometimes like we aren't the best at everything, but we are good at certain things. And so when you can leverage... Other people's specialties, what they're good at, um, and then and leverages input versus output, right? So, like, how much do you put input, and how much are you getting out of it? And so, for for me, when I first started in real estate, there were so many things that I didn't know how to do that I probably should have hired someone to do. You know, um, that just wasted my time. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's my tip of the week. Elliot,
1: where can people find you on social media?
2: Right now, Instagram, Bigger Pockets, and LinkedIn. I'm working on my social media presence right now. Nice. This will help for sure. Perfect. Do you
1: have a, do you have a certain handle for your Instagram? Like yeah. what's your Instagram is Elliot Elias,
2: Elliot with one L two Ts, Elias, E-L-I-A-S. If you look my name up in Google, you'll find Elias Holdings. That's my company. That's where we're going to buy the most real estate on earth. You can quote me right now. You can check back in me with me in five
1: years. I it. believe it is going to happen. Let's do it. Awesome. awesome. John,
0: Instagram. At John Michael Perez, just got verified. Yeah, <laughs> this guy with, guy with his his paid. Come on, no, it's a paid
1: blue check mark. Get out of here. <laughs> hey,
0: this guy okay, verified. Okay. Yes, I did.
1: <laughs> I did pay for it, and I called him out. I was like, "I was like, you paid blue check mark, bitch." <laughs> How much is it? It's fourteen ninety nine a month. But the thing is, is that you get direct support, which is cool because I've seen John get hacked and like his accounts, like. When when it's your lead source, thanks for taking my glory. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, John. Like I've seen when you got hacked, and it was a big deal because like that's social media is where a lot of our content's put out. It's where lead generation comes from, so it's important. I get it. I just I'm, I get why you have a blue check mark. Well, yeah. So actually, recently uh, another agent got hacked, and he gets tons of
0: leads from Facebook and Instagram. And I was like, dude, you should get a verification because it's only fourteen ninety nine a month, and that's sort of like an insurance policy, so that if you ever do get hacked, now you have direct human support because if you've ever got hacked on any of those social media accounts, it is literally hell to get your account It's back.
1: awful. Do what you can to like two-factor authenticate. Set that shit up before your, your profile becomes too valuable because when you lose it and you don't have it set up, it's a pain in the ass. You're not going to get it back. There's no human support. Good luck. And that's our tip of the week. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan sells ATX on Instagram. If you guys found any of this valuable, please leave us a review, a like subscribe, all that good stuff on all of our social media. We want to hear back from you. Anything that you took away topics you want to hear about, or maybe other people you want to hear from lenders, uh, inspectors, all sorts of stuff. We love hearing back from you guys.
0: Elliot, Elliot, we want to thank you so much for uh, being a part of this podcast. Super awesome. You brought so much value and we just appreciate you a lot, man. Thank you guys for having me. Keep killing it. I love what y'all do. Y'all inspire me. I appreciate it, man. Well, likewise, thank thank y'all for listening. Uh, and like Jordan said, Please like, subscribe, comment, and uh, we're looking forward to the next one. See you guys. It'll be great.
1: Sweet. Good job. You good job.